0: Good morning, listeners. This is Jim, the Keys bartender, coming to you on a, I guess, an average, somewhat cloudy, partly cloudy, partly sunny day here in the Keys. Well, it's been uh, lovely to be down here. Traffic-wise, I had to write, yesterday. I had to do a, one of my side jobs, which is loan signing, up in Miami. Had to drive the Coral Gables from around 4.30. And I just assumed when I was driving up in Miami, because I'm so used to it, that I was going to hit traffic. And it took, you know, at 2 o'clock, I checked my Google Maps and it was an hour and five minutes. And at 4.30, it was an hour and five minutes. And it took me about an hour and five minutes, an hour and four minutes, actually, to get to my destination. So there wasn't a lot of traffic. It was... 50 something miles away 53 miles and if you haven't driven in south florida in the miami area on the turnpike or the highways you are in for a treat people are so polite they obey the rules they're safe no none of those there's a lot of speeding, a lot of weaving, a lot of lane changes, quick lane changes, two lanes, ch- you know, going across two lanes, no signals, a lot of uh, riding the bumper, aggressive driving, a lot of aggressive driving in Miami, like a lot of different places in the world. But, you, you know, when you're dealing with large groups of people in a highway, people develop certain behaviors Driving, and I think because I was driving up the whole time, I did not see 50-something miles. I did not see one traffic control or police car on the way. So it's not one of those things they really try to do in Miami. I You th- you figure that they would be able to do something where they can do i I don't know what the rules are for self-funding, where you can find people for unsafe driving, and that would go into the fund that supports the policing of that type of driving, aggressive driving. And I know over in Poland they have the, that rule in different places of the world. They have very stringent rules for aggressive driving, but it it is you have to kind of disassociate when you're driving up on the turnpike and not get all nervous about it. You just have to drive with them, drive a certain speed, stay in certain lanes. And even when you're doing that, you're still going to get someone that cuts right across from you. Even if you're, you know, in order to stay with the flow of traffic, you got to go 10 miles above the speed limit. Or you're going to be one of those people that just get passed by tons of people. And uh, I guess everyone has their own driving strategy. Mine is My driving strategy is meant to be as safe as I can be and return without having a accident as is many people but I mean I try to do the best I can well besides that and it's always aggressive driving stuff like that and it seems like when there's more room on the road you got you know the when it starts getting crowded the road gets crowded then it's I think it's most dangerous right before the traffic jam, where if you you can go above the speed limit, because when there's a traffic jam, how much are you going to do? You're going to change lanes, you know, twenty miles an hour. You cut in front of someone, maybe closer, maybe a little aggressor, riding the bumper. But there's nothing like having someone at seventy-five miles per hour, you know, a couple of feet off your bumper. You know, how are they going to stop? But uh, I. For some reason, I didn't get all stressed about it, and it was somewhat a pleasant ride. I li- like to listen to, uh, I like to listen to podcasts. I don't listen to my podcasts. I listen to other things, and uh, I think I told the listeners before that I'm kind of a fan of NPR. So I listen to National Public Radio. I like another one called. Uh, Science fiction film podcast. No, uh, it's called Lost Drive In. It used to be called a science fiction film podcast, but they don't really cover science fiction films. They just review movies in a a comedic way. You know, you guys do voices, and I I love it. I think it's a good show. I like TED Talks, listen to some TED Talks. Um, Some self improvement. I listen to Mind Valley. So I you know, anything that's kind of fun, uplifting, informative, that's my thing. I don't know where I fit in there. I try to I try to talk self improvement and all that stuff. You know, you see hear my travails or my journey trying to you know, just at least make my way through the world without getting too disturbed. And one of those things, and I didn't mention you see the title of the show. It says, Stool Samples, we do not talk about shit. I'm not, it's called, uh, I think that would be called scatological humor, the technical term for it. I, I'm not, you know, I'm not really big into that. I don't find it funny. But some people do, you know, someone shits their pants. They just think, "Oh, that's, that's pretty funny. Uh, I, I don't find it as humorous. You know, unless the person's really unlikable and they do that and it's humiliating, maybe sometimes that that, that could be fine of humorous. But I'm actually talking about bar stools. And we will discuss that a little later. One of the things, and it's really, I find it fascinating, that on social media, trends occur every six months, it seems like. I have... A lot of, uh, for over the years, I accumulated a lot of contacts on Facebook. And I did that, too, in order, especially locally, in order to support my side businesses. So when I put something out there saying, you know, like the Keys Notary, that it gets its most exposure that it can. Same thing with the podcast and uh, other things. It's not... Just, I mean, sometimes I post things that are personal or my political views or just general positive. I try to post something positive. I know it seems kind of slapdash sometimes, but I have varied interest. But one of the things I'll tell you, you know, and you know it. And if you're a middle-aged man on social media... You know, you get an inordinate amount of invite, friends invites, from attractive profiles, let's say. I like to call them attractive young women. I would like to call them, but I realize that most likely it's not. It's just a group of people putting up pictures, inviting you to be friends, and then they contact you, and they try to start a relationship. And we talk about it on this show a lot, a couple times Uh, I haven't had one. I want to do an active one where we're actually talking sometimes. But they never really want to talk on the phone, really. They just want to text because this way they can have a bank of people responding and don't have to have the same person. And a couple times I've tried to interact to find out what the deal is. And that's exactly what I did because I talk about them all the time. I don't have ongoing private conversations with people who are trying to catfish. And catfish with a purpose, not catfish for the fun of it. Catfish with a financial goal, where they come on and talk about you know, they, they the ultimate goal for a lot of these is just to be able to make money. And I do not begrudge someone a legitimate business dealing. But what the new trend is, and you all, you probably, if you're a middle-aged guy, you've probably seen it. But I think it's because I have what's somewhat up to 4,700 friends on Facebook, maybe 45. I don't know. I'm up up there near the limit. I get these friend invites, and it's usually one picture, a glamour sh- a glamour shot. Or a sex shot of a young attractive woman, and it's the same verbiage. It's really interesting. It's the same comment Uh, when you go to their page to say, "Hey, what's what's the deal with this?" It's I'm fascinated that they use almost the same canned response. It says, "Hi, I'm a member of young. I'm a young woman who likes to have sex and is looking for partners." That's I mean, that is bold. That is a bold move to get someone who's desperate. It's like not, it's casting a big net with big holes in it. Let's say a net with big holes in it. Because they're just blatantly trying to draw you in. Before the nuanced one where people would put up profiles, and it wouldn't be apparent in the beginning. It would be a profile of an attractive, if it's a guy, it's an attractive woman they send a profile with. And then they try to strike up a friendship, and that's longer. Now it's like straight up saying, yeah, we're looking to have sex. I mean, first of all, you go like where, first, they would have to be in your local area, wouldn't it? How could someone professing to be in Chicago expect that something would happen with someone in, let's say, Hawaii. But there's literally every day three or four requests for friends and they say the same thing. And I I keep on forgetting because I never go to the page. It's kind of like a, it could be WhatsApp or it, uh, OnlyFans because I think OnlyFans got rid of the Um, explicit setups or something like that. But it just has another contact where you go to and they're trying to get people that are porn addicted, I guess. I don't know why mine shows up other than they're just sending it to middle-aged men. And maybe they hit heavily when they see if it says single, they go right to it. And I'm really not single. Even though I don't put married on my thing. I know, Jim, why didn't you put Mary? It doesn't stop them. They're looking for someone sur- surreptitiously to, the best way to hook someone is to get someone who's not supposed to be trolling the internet. So they come in and I delete it. I say, oh, that's an attractive picture. I, I, I check out the profile. It's the same profile and they delete it. I'm not trying to show you, hey, I have word control. Well, I'm not stupid. It's just the way it is. I'm self-aware I realize I'm in my late 50s there's no reason why a young uh, beautiful girl who's sexy who could attract many guys in the same age group right and if you're thinking of attracting a wealthy man like what? what why would a wealthy man be on social media looking at pictures of girls because obviously well the owners of the The owner of the New England Patriots actually went to a massage parlor, got caught there a couple years back, you know, in a sting operation, going to a massage parlor. But most successful men, why would they troll that? They'd have some women kind of throwing themselves at them. And there's always an interior motive. And I do not begrudge the people putting those things up. I do think it's kind of misleading. Because some guys would be thinking, oh, well, you, they, I mean, there's guys that are desperately lonely and they're reaching for that bottom limb. And they're thinking, oh, there's someone that's interested in me. And even, I know I'm 100 pounds overweight and I don't look that good and um, I don't have any money. But this woman may be into that. Into a guy with a limp who's 100 pounds overweight, doesn't wash his clothes that often and doesn't have any money. The desperation is palpable for them, and uh, they will drain as much money. And you see these people always desperately giving money to people. They they're lonely people, and they just want to have some connection with someone. I think they should do more targeted things. Like they maybe should do older women, not older like sixty, but you know, like ten, maybe ten years younger. Maybe. We're the same age. Say, hey, listen, you know, I'm in your area. Blah, 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 blah. You know, give me an idea. You know, they'd be a little more nuanced about it than being so apparent. Like they're going for the most desperate people and the most eager to believe the fairy tale. So, I don't get it, but I do... Uh, I don't get it wholeheartedly, but I do appreciate there's probably a set of circumstances where they would. I mean, I could see if I was lonely that I would want to believe that. Wouldn't you want to believe that? It's kind of like that fantasy that you are really desirable. And you really, you are desirable to the right person out there, listener. You are desirable to the right person that knows you. Not someone that doesn't know you. I mean, it could be if you're super attractive and and have everything going for you and stuff like that. You could be desirable to a lot of people, but that doesn't necessarily. There are. I'm, I imagine I'm not saying I'm in that group, but if you're reasonably attractive, you probably get a lot of interest from other people. But you're not necessarily into every offer that you get. Right? That must be something that so, social media and the, having the access to social media has to be a real boon for people for the nymphomaniacs. It's like, I have no criteria for who my sexual partner is. I just want many and often. And that could be a person that just goes out and says, I'm going to go and put it out there and I'll just take all comers. No pun intended. Uh, That's the fantasy that some people believe that that's who they're talking to. But what actually they're talking to is a money making scheme for people that will open up to you and say, listen, if you want to deepen this relationship, there will be some kind of financial compensation that occurs an exchange if you will. And that's it. Moving right along. Bar stools. That's what that stool sample is about. And that's why the pictures are about bar stools. The idea we, I mentioned in previous podcasts, the ideas of, there's a psychology to sitting at the bar. Sometimes people just go up to the bar. They want to get, there's multiple reasons why people sit up the bar. One of the reasons is they want to be served quickly. And they say, well, I'm going to have a couple of drinks and I want to get them quick. And I don't have to wait for the server to come back and order their drink and then come back. I'm going to order from the source. You know, can I get a drink? And they want to get it then. You know, 30 seconds. And sometimes that's a drawback for people because, you know, you're drinking faster and more and you don't get to gauge how you're increased consumption is affecting you. But That's on another show. But that that's a reason for sitting in a bar. Another reason to sit at the bar is that you want company. Right? You want company, you just want to exchange, you talk to the bartender Frank Ted that comes in, he's from my I mean he's he's a transplant from my region, the South Jersey, Philadelphia area. Uh, and he comes in we talks about The Eagles. We have debates, spirited debates about politics and things like that. But and we're we're and he's a regular listener of the show, and I do appreciate it. I do appreciate uh, Ted. And he comes in actually for the camaraderie. And there are people that come up there and they they like to interact with the bartender. And from my personal experience, that bartender's me. Sometimes you see people come in and they're very disappointed. Well, I wanted to see a hot girl behind the bar. Not some old guy. Or in, in the best of circumstances, not some hot old guy or some hot middle-aged guy who's super buff. You see how I like, threw that out? Uh, that I think that's probably the most polite thing I could say about myself. Or the most self-absorbed thing I could say about myself, depending on what that is. I don't know. I know sometimes I'm a bit much to deal with and depending on how I am going into work today and I will deal with people that come in the bar and they just want to they just want to get served they want to be taken care of they know they'll have responses like if you know and there there's other people that come in they want to get some information get tourists to come in and say well you know talk to the bartender uh this past week and I think it was Today was some I mean, news. Saturday night late. We had four fellows come in. Uh, maybe 15 years younger to 20 years younger than myself, maybe even a little more. And they made it known that they're here for a bachelor party, a stag party they called it. That's an old old term. It's funny. They should have been like in the mid 60s to be able to say something like that. We're here for a stag party. <laughs> What, well, you going out to see some fan dancers? Fan dancers used to be the thing where the girls strip and they have fans. And they would just briefly flash people. And have these big feathered fans waving in front of themselves. So these guys sit down. And they want to get information. They ask me first. They, they ask for, uh, hey, do you know any strip clubs around here? And I say, well, there's Woody's. It's closed. I said, "Well, if it was open, you really wouldn't want to go there right now because, you know, daytime. Oh, it was daytime when they were asking. You, you don't want to go to a daytime strip club, and nighttime may not be that much better because we're not high, a densely populated place, and it's in Iamarada, and you know, there's normally doesn't get that crowded there, or unless there's parking in the back. I guess there's parking in the back because I never see a lot of cars out front. I mean, if I went there, I'd park right out front. What are you hiding?" Once you're parking it back, you're kind of like saying, well, there's a reason why I'm parking out back. I mean, that's where you go and look for the cars, wouldn't it be? Parking in the rear. So these guys say, well, we're meeting some friends and they're coming down here. And they ask about that and they ask about uh, where to get a hold of some adult entertainment. I say, you got Key West and then it goes too far away, Miami. I say it's about 50 miles. 40 40 something you can get some places and they weren't happy with the answer and they said well is there anything we can call and i'm like what who the fuck do you think you're talking to like you're talking to a pimp i was kind of a little offended and he said and then or kind of alluded to getting drugs and i said listen i don't know any of that stuff and if i did i wouldn't tell you first of all it's Against the you know the law in a, uh, an establishment like that to really be passing along information like that, you can use, lose your liquor license or get fined. But really, what offended me was just what it was they were saying about me, and I'm just like I got a bad taste in my mouth of these guys, and I just went, "Fuck it," just get and they and they started talking shit. They were saying, "I just heard him mention bartender a couple of times," and I'm like. I don't give a fuck. They, they, I really didn't give a fuck about these guys in the end. They look like me. A couple of years younger. But, you know, they, some of them weren't... They weren't even that great of shape and shit, shit like that. But I, I got kind of pissed off at them. The implication that... Just because of the guy... He said, listen... I'm just not... That's not one of these things I do down here. I don't know about it. And if I did, I wouldn't tell you. So... That information, but I'd be happy to impart information. It's like, oh, we want to go to a bar crawl. We want to hang out. We want to do some fishing. That's a lot of times, that's what I get. A lot of times, that's mostly. Where's a good place to go? Where's a good place to see the sunset? Where's a good place to go fishing? Who's a good uh, fishing boat captain or a guide? I want to go snorkeling. Where's a good place to go snorkeling? That's the information I want. Oh, what's it like living down here? How long you live down here? Blah, 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 blah. Things like that. I'm an open book. You know? People say, well, it'd be interesting if someone says they want to get information from me. All they really have to do is listen to the podcast. Because I'm pretty much an open book about that stuff. Or they can come and ask me a question. Sometimes I tell them. Sometimes I tell them not. I don't keep a lot of secrets. And if you don't have secrets... You don't, know, you know, you try not to lie. Then you have nothing to be ashamed at, and there's nothing you have to correct or hide from anybody. So you got the information seekers, and then you got weird, uh, you know, another group of people that come in. They don't really want to interact with you, and they sit at the bar and. They don't know exactly what they want. And at that point, it could be someone that's having some you know, psychological episode. They come up, they don't know exactly what they want. And they know the person at the bar might, you know, they may have experience saying, oh, this person may know how to deal with me. I'm a bit difficult. You can say that again. You know, people that come up and say, well, listen, I don't know what I want to drink. I don't know what I want to eat. Can you give me a hint? Are you vegetarian? Are you cannibal? Are you from another planet? Do you want an alcoholic drink, or non-alcoholic drink? Do you want some water? Do you want a cocktail, beer, wine, frozen drink? Do you need to have an umbrella in it? I don't know. But what really tells me is how they sit. Now, we've, since the pandemic, when the, we it first broke and we've just opened, we closed and then we open up. In order to maintain the bar, we put tables at the bar and requested people sitting at the bar. Not at the sit at the tables that are right up against the bar, but not Facing the bar, you know, sitting at the table. And this way he provided some distance and safety from the other people because we spaced the tables across and we didn't allow people to sit in between. And as things opened up more, we put more seats in between the tables and said and then allowed people to sit at tables. But some people like to sit at uh, the table still because they want to sit a little further away from the bar. And most recently we started moving away some of the tables just having people sit at the bar and there's still people that want to sit at the table you got people that come in and come in like eight people and they want to sit at the bar eight people sitting at the bar usually it's a table and they want to face bar and i you know i i appreciate the Sentiment. I say, listen, we still want to sit. We want to sit at the bar and we want to sit together. So I understand. I have friends that come in, Karen and Scott from Hollywood. You may have heard of them before for, on previous podcasts, but they're people that have a vacation home down here and they come and visit. I Have locals that come in. I have people that visit every year and they come and sit at the bar. That's pretty nice too. And friends that stop in, people I used to work with, all different types of people. But a lot of times, you could tell by the way they sit. When they lean over the bar, they want to get some information from you. They want to talk. They want to be closer. When they're sitting back, there's a little reluctance. When they talk to each other, sometimes they sit at the bar and they just are locked in a river in conversation to each other. And I go, "Wow!" Uh, I don't begrudge anybody that. I said, "Well." if you're going to have a secret conversation, wouldn't it be better at a table than two feet away from someone else? (laughs) uh, There's seats right near where I make the drinks. And sometimes people are, are sitting there and they're having low voice conversation and I'm literally 24 inches away. And I explain to people, I say, listen, if you really want me not to hear talk up people say talk up yeah. don't talk down don't talk down to the bar because what happens the bar, the top carries sound waves better believe it or not if I have to listen to someone and it's really loud I put my head down closer to the bar and I said talk down to the bar and it's, it's just that I hear the sound better when it propagates when sound propagates open in this broad spectrum room where there's everyone there I don't see your shit you got to be booming for me to hear you on a busy night. I don't hear the phone ring. People say, no one's answering the phone. I say, I can't hear the phone. And if I pick up the phone, I don't hear the person on the other end. And that's funny, huh? So people call up and say, I'm sorry. This is the catch. We're open. Uh, I will be with you in a moment because I have to wait until I'm not busy in order to walk away from the bar in order to take the phone call or hope that someone's comes up to the bar, one of my co-workers, and takes a phone call and walks off to the other room. But sitting at the bar and how you sit at the bar really tells me something. I I once said, and I said it multiple times, when you sit at the bar, you're inviting scrutiny of the people at the bar, the bartender themselves, who, if they're worth anything at all, will know have a topical evaluation of who you are. And we get all types. There's people that sit at the bar all the time. You can tell they're... And some people think they're really open and they're not open. They just want to be like the people that sit at the bar. Not the people that sit at the table. Sitting at the table is like going to a dance and sitting off to the side, not dancing. Not dancing coming to the bar you're dancing you're dancing with the bartender you're dancing with the other people interacting with them they're talking across the bar at each other and they want they want to interact As i assume it's interesting when we do get people that come and sit at the bar and they put their headphones on and watch their phones because they don't want to interact with anybody but they want to be at a place where they can get response, get their check, and not sit there all the time. When they're sitting on their headphones at a table, when they're drinking from them, in front of them, and maybe a snack or whatever, appetizer, they have a tendency to be ignored because they're not paying attention to anybody. So they need to be in a place that they're kind of out in the open. So there's all different nuance, and it has to do not exactly with the bar stool itself, though. There is uh, people that like to swivel chair. Because you can cover the whole room. You're looking around. I'm twisting back and forth right now, but you can't see me. That swivel chair is, a lot of times, it's the number one reason people say, I can see everything going on around me. People that sit in the corner. There's a coveted seat sometimes in the corner where our restrooms are. I know, right next to the men's room. But that from that seat, No one gets behind you. I mean, they can walk by you to get to the men's room, but that's the last place. That's the last place where you'd be secretive. The Michael Corleone space where they're walking out of the bathroom. You know, they can come up and shoot you if you watch The Godfather. So, I'm always thinking when people come up there, I'm not evaluating them as a person, but I know there's all these different types. And there's other types we haven't even discussed. I mean, it's a one-way discussion. It's just me, but I think about these things. And I do appreciate that you're listening. And if you have any questions, please send me an email to jimatkeysbartender dot com. If and if you like the show, please share it with your friends. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. That's Keys Bartender. Yes, that's Keys Bartender on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I will be back. Most likely tomorrow with another episode. I don't know if it'll be live, but I'll talk to you later. Let me play some music. Let me put that music on. Talk to you later. Bye.